This week's Parsha Mishpatim is the perfect focus to hold my gaze as I prepare to step away from my sabbatical. Let me first express my gratitude to you, my beloved Temple Solel community, for the gift of these coming three months of restoration and reflection. And of course, to my clergy colleagues and friends, Rabbi Debbie Steele and cantorial soloist Todd Herzog, uh, Executive Director Peter Pishko, um, Ray Rader, uh, and the Temple Solel Board of Trustees. Um, I know the congregation is in very, very good hands, and thanks for holding down the shul. So I look to Torah as the, the on-ramp to my sabbatical. Mishpatim constructs a generous threshold into an expansive terrain that invites all of us to traverse each and every day of our lives. It's here we are introduced, um, Elliot, as you will read tomorrow, introduced to the most frequently issued commandment in all of Torah. Uh, and Elliot, you actually gave us a taste of the commandment by reciting the Kiddush tonight that has Zecher Yitziat Mitzrayim. Remember, Israelites, the exodus from Egypt. So why be reminded of 400 years of slavery in Egypt? Well, I'm glad you asked. And I'll let Torah give the answer. V'ger lo tone velo tirchatsenu ki gerim haitem be'eretz mitraim. You shall not wrong a stranger or oppress him or her. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Lo tirchatz v'tem yidatem et nefesh hager kigerim haitem be'eretz mitzrayim. You shall not oppress a stranger, for you know the feelings of the stranger, having yourselves been strangers in the land of Egypt. We begin Shabbat, our holiest day of the week, by remembering our own tsuris. Why? So that we don't contribute to imposing such tsuris on others. The heart of Judaism is the radical Jewish project of empathy. Can we put ourselves in the shoes of another person to know the feelings of that person? The Hebrew word translated as feeling is nefesh, which literally means the soul. You shall not oppress a stranger, for you know the soul of the stranger. Of course, I refer to this as the radical Jewish project because it does cut across the grain of human nature. 
Sure, as Rabbi Shai Held offers, part of us responds to the experience of suffering that we Jews know too well by making sure that no one else has to endure what we did. But it's also natural to think to ourselves, if you've been through what I've been through, or my family, my neighbors, my people, my friends, you would understand that I don't owe anyone anything. And the Torah challenges us to to push against that, to nurture and cultivate the empathetic and compassionate response to make sure that the raging, combative response never becomes an animating principle of our lives. So the nature of empathy is in proximity. It's about closeness, which also means vulnerability. Cultivating empathy is actually the foundation of developing a spiritual life, one that is open to experiencing a relationship with God, the divine, the source of all creation, however you imagine God. In the Bible, we sought to cultivate such a relationship through animal sacrifice. So hang in there with me for a moment. The Hebrew is the key. The Hebrew word for sacrifice is korban, which shares the very same root for being close, karov, which, uh, in other words, the whole idea of a system of sacrifice was about drawing close to God and inviting God into a relationship with us. And, of course, we recall our story, the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, and the system of offering sacrifice no longer becoming possible. The place where God would dwell was no longer an address to bring sacrificial offering. Yet our ancestors, most importantly, understood the very reason for sacrifices to begin with. And they asked, what could replace sacrifices to continue to bring us in relationship with God? And that, my friends, is what is perhaps sitting in your laps right now or on your computer screen, a prayer book. It's prayers that lead to living lives of service that replaced those sacrifices. And that brings us back to empathy. Is this something that some people have and others not so much? Well, I'm sure to a degree that empathy does come more naturally for some, and for others, it's more challenging. But Torah is telling us that it's about creating a culture, developing soul traits that bring out the best in humanity, and in that way, bring out the best in God 
as we serve as God's messengers on earth. The heart of Torah is to make us feel more loving as human beings. And what is it that makes us more empathic? For some, for some it is a direct experience in life. I was enslaved, so I know what it feels like when I experience another person's enslavement. If you've been to the school of hard knocks, it can make you sensitive to the plight of others. Yet Torah looks into the future and it considers people that only know hardships, perhaps by reading about it. And that is, again, the heart of Torah. It's about remembering the plight of the most vulnerable. It's the Passover narrative. Don't wrong, don't oppress the stranger. Do no harm, do no harm, then perhaps we can grow in God's likeness to walk in God's way as we love the stranger, love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And let's be honest, that's a big jump, asking how expansive we can be. Who do we consider, after all, our neighbor? Could that be a perfect stranger, perhaps someone from a foreign country, someone who wronged you in some way, this love your neighbor stuff is not easy. How in Torah is God's greatness measured? It's measured by how God treats the most vulnerable, the most vulnerable amongst us, the immigrant, the one who looks different, the poor, the homeless, the oppressed, the literary scholar, Elaine Scarry, asserts that the human capacity to injure other people is very great because our capacity to imagine other people is small. So it's literature, fiction and poetry, it's art, it's music, it's sculpture, it's painting, it's photography, it's theater that has the power to make us feel, to help us cultivate empathy. If you feel it, you might be motivated to act. Empathy in this way is referred to as the superglue that connects people and undergirds cooperation and kindness, even if it doesn't come naturally to us. Empathy can motivate forgiveness, volunteering, helping others and this beautiful earth in some way. It's the antithesis of aggression and bullying. It's what our amazing madrichim, our youth leaders were modeling and teaching as Temple Solel's Raker Religious School planted seeds, metaphorically, 
this past weekend in the beauty of Cave Creek Regional Park to partner with the Anti-Defamation League as a no place for hate community. And there will be more to come next year. So it's the inspiration of our temple youth with amazing adult mentors in parents and in teachers and the words of Torah that ground us as a people schooled in empathy that will be in my heart, mind, and soul as I embark on my sabbatical. And there is nothing that would be more meaningful to me than to return to my beloved Solel community, striving more deeply to cultivate a community that walks the talk of modeling empathy, that leads to compassion, to loving kindness, fairness, seeking justice and peace. Can human beings cultivate empathy? Torah sure thinks so, and so do I. It's the very essence of being a Jew. Shabbat Shalom.